This is the S Podcast. And we're talking about Danny Garcia versus Jose Benavides Jr. And about at a junior middleweight, which is going to be Danny Garcia moving past 147 to 154. And, you know, I had the three signs where their fighters done. Um, the first one being that if he trains at the beach, if he's hitting pads at the beach, he's doing some kind of weird sparring at the beach or just any, you know, weird conditioning at the beach. That's one of the signs you're done. The second one being that you change your trainer and the trainer has an idea of changing your whole fighting style past the age of 30. That's sign number two. Sign number three is you losing at your weight that you're at. It's saying because you lost or you've been on a continuous losing streak that you're suddenly going to move up to a new weight class. That suddenly going up in weight in your 30s is going to be the, the new change that you need. Now, of course, there are exceptions to every rule, but these are the rules I have in place for a person that is done, is almost done in their fighting career. They are washed at this point. And Danny Garcia is breaking one of the rules, right? He's doing one of the rules. He's doing one of the signs of a fighter who's done. He's moving up after losing at the previous weight class. Now, Danny Garcia didn't have a lot of power at 147. That was my really my main complaint about him. Is it was a guy that kind of depended on his power, and he had no power at 147. He was also not durable enough because he wasn't on the size enough to really take the damage later on in the fight. So you would kind of see him fold in fights because the pressure was starting to add up. The damage, the shots were heavier at that weight class, and especially when you're tired, you can't take them just as well. Now we get to Jose Benavides Jr. and let me get the fight poster up. Boom. And we had to Jose Benavides Jr., who at one time was like one of Top Rank's uh, top prospects. They were when they signed him, there was a big thing. It was Jose Benavides Jr. and Frankie Gomez. Top Rank got Benavides, and they got him at like 17 years old. And then Frankie Gomez signed with Golden Boy, and they were supposed to be. They were both supposed to be like the next big things. They were supposed to be uh, guaranteed hits as prospects. There was even like a, a sparring session that you can see on YouTube still to this day of Frankie Gomez versus uh, Benavides at Wildcard Gym. These were two repulsive rival, uh, rivals coming up. Now, Frankie Gomez's career flamed out just basically because he just did not want to be a professional fighter, it seems. He didn't want to train. Um, I, I have personally seen Frankie Gomez in the gym. He was not a guy that was committed to boxing, uh, didn't come in shape. Every time he came in, he kind of had to like work himself back into shape. He just wasn't committed. Whether he would have been something great or not, that, that's you know to be debated. But he just never really gave himself the opportunity to get there. Now Benavides did kind of uh, put him was there training, was in shape, was there to put himself uh, and to take advantage of all the opportunities he was given. Uh, unfortunate action uh, happened that he was you know robbed at gunpoint and shot in the knee. And this wasn't just shot and, you know, the bullet went through. No, the bullet did damage to ligaments, did damage to bones, and his knee never fully healed on his right on his right leg. Now, it wasn't like he was running through the competition at that point. No, he was he was showing us a little bit of signs of struggle. But, you know, still could have been coming into his own, coming into his own style. This happens, he comes back. He I believe he has a tuna he has a like a tuna fight, then fights Terrence Crawford. And it's clearly, you know, having issues with the leg. He's doing good things against Terrence Crawford, who's at that point, you know, already one of the best in the world, if not the best guy in the world, as far as just talent-wise. 
He's doing good things in that fight. But you could tell that his right leg is it's it's getting worse as the fight goes on. You could tell that he's limited in his movement. And he's also fighting, you know, maybe a guy that he would have he still wouldn't have any chance even if he was fighting him at perfect health. Right? Maybe the, the results wasn't gonna change no matter what. Then he disappears, comes back, fights on PBC, and looks shot. Just looks completely shot. Can't can't move. Right leg is obviously a problem. It has zero balance. Really needs to be set to punch and can't really follow up off any shot that he throws, especially if he misses. He escapes with a draw, which I, I didn't think he deserved. I thought he lost that fight. And, you know, PBC takes care of their fighters. And they're going to give put you in the best spot to, you know, make money, first of all, but have some success. And this is a really, to me, great matchmaking because I don't think Benavides right now could be any like even like a mid-level guy at 154. But I think that giving him a guy that in Garcia, who's, you know, was kind of considered undersized 147 and let him move up to 154 and he's a name and you give it to Benavides, you give him opportunity to have, you know, some success. Now with Garcia, he's moving up and you get into a guy that to me is, you know, definitely on the downside of his career. There's no doubt about that. Is, but is also not going to, you know, move a lot. He's going to be there to to for to benefit Garcia's style and his strategy and his game. And Garcia as well, the same way, really is not uh, going to be on his back foot a lot as far as like moving around the ring and making Benavides chase him. I don't believe that's, you know, something that... Uh, I wouldn't say that's like Garcia's style consistently. Now, he, sure, at points he, you know, he... Like, when he fought Earl Spence, at points he did move back a lot in that fight, but I don't think that's, like, if he's winning a fight or attempting to win a fight or feels confident in a fight, that's not the way he's going to fight. So I think this are both going to be in position where they need to be to have success in this fight, and that's why I think it's a great matchmaking. I think it'd be, it could be a very entertaining fight. Also, one thing to remember about Benavides is that he was off, like, three years before he fought the last fight. So maybe that was just also the ring rust, and maybe he his knee needed to loosen up, and maybe that was just, you know... That training camp was bad on his knee. Maybe his knee is better at this point. It's a little more sturdy. He can move around a little bit more, a little bit have more balance. You don't really know what you're going to get with Jose Benavides in this fight. You don't really know. But you know that he is a guy that has some skill. He was a guy of some caliber. And if he is, you know, his legs are a little bit better and the ring rusts a little bit off, that he could show a, a decent level of performance. Now with Garcia, I think I, I, I could, I'm safe to say what I know I'm going to get from him. I know I'm going to get his... uh. His wide shots, uh, good timing. Are we going to get the work rate that we need? Are we going to uh, see a Garcia that is just as motivated and just as in shape as he was when he fought guys like Keith Thurman, Sean Porter, or even you know going back to his 140 days against like guys like Matisse, Amir Khan, Eric Morales? Are we going to get that Garcia? Or is this Garcia not as dedicated to boxing? Is he going to show up a little bit out of shape? Is he going to look a little rusty? There's so many questions going in this fight. If I think this fight plays out the way I see it playing out, I think that Benavides will be there to be hit. I think Garcia will stay at range. And the way Benavides uh, uses his guard, uh, to me, I never was a fan of it. it it's a, it's really a common thing that people use kind of like in sparring, and he kind of just applies it to everything. He's kinda, he kind of just wraps up 
he kind of leans back and he just lets you kind of dig into him and he kind of just waits till you're done. That's honestly what he does. And with the, without the balance that he once had, now he kind of falls over when it happens. With against a guy like Garcia, he can really uh, find uh, ways to sneak those shots be, uh, around that guard. He can also tear your body up when you do that. Now, Benavides is a guy that kind of needs to respond first. Garcia is the kind of guy that likes to, res- likes to respond when you attack first. So I think that's going to make some interesting ex- exchanges. Now, when Benavides' legs are right and when he was at his sharpest, he was pretty fast. He usually punched from a, a wide guard, not really even a guard, really his hands down or hands out wide to looking to get to work. He doesn't have offense and defense. It's 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 a one works, the other one works. They don't work together. Now we know Garcia is a good counter puncher. You know he's all about his timing. And I think he's going to be able to take advantage of Benavides' guard. I think he's going to be able to take advantage of recountering uh, Benavides. And especially because Benavides isn't going to be too mobile, I think he's going to be able to kill him to the body. Now, I don't think his power is going to be devastating at 154. I, I think it's not going to have really any effect at all. Now, can he wear down Benavides? Possibly. But like I said, I don't expect him to have a lot of power in this fight. So Benavides will have opportunities because the fight goes on. I expect Garcia to win most rounds with Benavides having little um, highlights here and there. I think there'll be some fun exchanges in this fight, but I expect Benav- uh, Garcia to win this fight with his uh, with his wide shots around Benavides' guard, with the body work that Benavides is there and planted for. That's the way I see this fight playing. I think I'm going to take a unanimous decision for Garcia. Like I said, though, the, the mystery in this fight is what are you going to get from Benavides? Is it the Benavides that we saw last time? Because that's what I'm kind of judging it on, where he can't move, where he doesn't have balance, and I think Garcia's going to be able to take advantage of that. But if it's a Benavides that's similar to what Crawford fought, I think that you're in for a very interesting fight at that point. I think it could be a very competitive fight, and I think it would be a very close fight going to the scorecards. Because I think that Benavides can get his work rate up and take advantage of his speed and his length and is able just to have a little bit of movement, right? So where he can miss a shot and still keep coming and maybe step out of range once in a while. I think the fight gets, the fight gets very interesting. Could be also honestly problems for Garcia if that's what it is. If we're getting the Benavides to fight Crawford, I think Garcia would be in trouble in this fight. I don't think we're getting that. That's why I'm going to pick Garcia in this fight. Interesting thing about Garcia at 154 is don't be surprised he gets moved up very quickly off a win of Benavides. Don't be surprised if he's in there with some decent names after this. And I'm talking Charlo type type names. I really am. I think that Garcia's a name. I know that the PBC will use a name to the fullest if they can. And I think that getting him a win at 154 in the main event on Showtime is setting up for something bigger that they have planned for him. To me, this fight is kind of like a a welcome to 154, somewhat of a like tune-up. I think it could be seen as that. Like I said, it could be turned into something a lot more. We'll have to see. But I wouldn't be surprised if you see Garcia... Charlo, those rumors, and I know Charlo has like a thousand mandatories, but just play the game with me a little bit. Charlo's been going through the who's who of 154. And if they could get him, you know, they're going to get him the payday with Zoo, which is a tough fight, not not an easy fight at all. And they could get him a fight with Garcia after that, which to me is not a tough fight 
but would have name, uh, name recognition, would have, I think, attention of a lot of boxing fans, attention of some casuals to follow like guy like Danny Garcia. And I think it could be a good payday for both guys. Don't be surprised if that's this 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 springboards into that kind of fight. On the uh, co-main event, you have Adam Kanaki versus Ali Edren Demarizin. Um, to me, these guys honestly fight the same. It's it's going to be a fight of forward pressure. Who can hold off? Who? Let's see what Kanaki has left after being, uh, you know, torn apart by uh, Helenus twice. Ali is, I, I'm telling you, they're just really similar fighters. They don't have a lot of head movement. They, they get stuck straight up. They come forward. They they get to work. Kanaki's going to out, could outwork Ali in when he was at his best. I just don't know if he has that anymore to see what those fights really took from him. This was a fight that, you know, he could have fought Chisora. I think, I find it hard to believe that he wasn't going to get paid more for the Chisora fight than this fight. But, you know, they talked him into this thing and fighting uh, Ali. Let's see how it goes. I think it's a very interesting matchup. I think it could be very uh, entertaining fight just because their styles are just, they both need, they both are doing what the, each other wants to do, right? So, like, they're both trying to push each other back. So, they're going to meet in the middle of the rink and it's going to see who can keep the forward pressure. It's like two offensive, it's like offensive linemen. It's actually like two offensive linemen just battling each other, just trying to push each other off the spot. That's what we're seeing here. I'm going to take uh, Ali just because I think he's fresher and I just think Kanaki's coming off of, uh, Two vicious losses, and I think that he might not take the punches how he once how he once did. So let's I'm gonna take Ali in this fight, but I think it's a very competitive fight. I think it's a very entertaining fight. I'm curious to see uh, who's the favorite on that one. I'll have to look that up. But if it's Kanaki, I, I think Ali's a, a pretty interesting bet in that fight. Now let's get to the opening belt, and that's Gary Antoine Russell versus Rancis Bartholomew. In an interesting fight, I think it's um, Gary Anton Russell is being brought along uh, the correct way. He got Victor Posto, who was, you know, downside of his career, but still crafty, still uh, dangerous. Still, you know, had to be on your, you know, top game to really, to, re, uh, to you know, to guarantee a victory, I guess. You can be off, right, against a guy like Posto, and then he kind of gets in a rhythm. He can, you know, he hit Gary Anton Russell with some good shots. Like, you know, Russell needed to be sharp in that. Now, Rancis Bartholomew, who has had success, it's not like he's like completely fallen off or anything like that. He's just getting older and just hasn't, when the fight gets Easter, he just hasn't been able to, which was a draw, he wasn't he hasn't been able to get over the hump to really put himself with the top guys. Now, this fight would do it for him, but he's also, you know, 36. It's, it's kind of an interesting spot to be in. Could he give Antoine Russell trouble? He could. I just think that his style is he kind of needs a little bit of like forward momentum as well. He kind of needs to have his spot. And that's the thing about Gary Anderson Russell. He's not going to give you your spot. He's going to take your spot. He's going to push you back. He's going to get to work. He's not looking to fight uh, a chess match with you. He, he really isn't. He's looking to get to work. He's looking to apply his speed, his power, his overall ability on you. And a guy like Rancis kind of needs to fight at his pace and choose his spots. And th this fight's not going to allow that. And I'm curious because Rancis has not the best legs. He kind of has like herky-jerky movement. And I can see him getting like a little off balance where just like his steps could get a little awkward. And he could kind of get stuck straight up. And I'm curious with a guy like Anton Russell who's applying forward pressure like that if he just kind of gets Rancis just off of his game. Now, things have to watch for Al Rancis is like he will lean in with his head. He does, uh, 
he does switch and whatever the back whatever his backhand is his power hand he will he will use that heavy he'll put everything behind that he will look to um set that shot up Gary Anton Russell when he comes in does lean to one side more than the other and he was you know the Victor Postol was landing uppercuts on him when that when they fought each other he was landing uppercuts when he leaned too much to that side he, he sometimes he does come in but he forgets to come in behind something so he just kind of trust his feet to get him the speed. Sometimes he doesn't hide his stuff well. Sometimes the stuff's a little bit predictable, and sometimes he comes away a little bit too far. These are things that they sure, they have to tighten up, okay? And a guy, I guess a guy like Rancis, who's, you know, has experience on that, maybe he can start spotting these things and really expose them. Now, Postol's seen it once in a while, but the overall ability of Gary Anton Russell was too much for him. Also, the adjustments made by his brother, um, uh, Gary Russell, you know, really helped him as far as, you know, he said, like, get rid of this shot. Come in and just focus on this hand, right? Like, that, there were certain changes they made in that fight. They kind of eliminated him from getting hit with those big shots. But those those options are there. And I don't know if Bartholomew could keep up in a fight like this, especially with a guy like Gary Anton Russell. But just the pace of it and the explosion Gary Anton Russell has, I could see him very, very much being uncomfortable in this fight. I'm going to take Gary Anton Russell. I'm going to take a stoppage in this fight. I'm going to take a stoppage around the 7th or 8th round. I think that the forward pressure will be too much. I think Bartholomew doesn't like this type of fight. And I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of just checks out at a certain point and just doesn't like the damage being given. But they're, like I said, they're, he, Russell will give you opportunities. He will definitely give you opportunities. A lot of it's with the style because it's a forward pressure style. He's putting it on you. You know, like I said, he has a little bit of mistakes and forgets to come behind the jab. When he's coming behind the jab, and that's he's allowing himself to work in like that, and I think that's when he's at his best. I think when he steps in and the guy's expecting him to punch, and he kind of gets on the inside and gets around, uh, gets around the corner, gets a spot. That's also another spot that I like to highlight from of his game. So let's see if it tightens up. Let's see if he eliminates some of the mistakes and he just kind of grows into the guy that everybody imagines he's going to be which is a dominant force at 140 and maybe 147 one day. This has been the S podcast. Thank you for listening. Please like subscribe, all that good stuff. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, everything. Follow me, leave a comment, ask questions. I'll answer them. Any questions you ask, I will answer anything you put. I will respond and I will be doing another as live this week. I will also be doing an MMA podcast for the UFC uh, coming this weekend. So, Check out, check that out as well.